It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. Being on Instagram and following all of these parenting accounts has also been shown to make mums feel less competent because they start comparing themselves to others and everyone else seems to be getting it right. And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. Hello, this is Dr. Justin Coulson, the founder of happyfamilies.com.au and dad to the six kids that I share with my wife and podcast host partner, uh, Kylie, Miss Happy Families, who joins me today for an episode of The Doctor's Desk. Today it's a conversation about the latest science, the latest research, the latest findings that relate to parents. Uh, And Kylie, today some doozies. These are the kinds of conversations where we pause and go, okay, so what do we do with this now? Uh, but but it's information that I think parents need to have. So we've got three studies to go through in our conversation today. Where do you want to start? Pick one, pick a card, any card. We've got three to choose from. Let's start with ADHD. Recently, you did a webinar on ADHD. Yeah, to our workshop, actually, with about 50 people. It was It was great. And so I'm thinking that we'll start there. Okay. Uh, Now, this one's a fairly controversial uh, piece of research, I think, just published uh, May 19. So it's only a month old. comes out of Ohio State University, and it's part of a much larger study. But essentially, researchers have asked parents of 134 kids with ADHD to complete a very detailed questionnaire about the kinds of foods the kids eat, including how much over a three-month period. And then they've got another questionnaire asking them to rate the symptoms of inattention, which is obviously a central pillar for so much ADHD in their kids, like having trouble staying focused, not following instructions, difficulty remembering things, difficulty regulating emotions, all that kind of thing. And what the research showed was that kids who consumed more fruits and vegetables showed less severe symptoms of inattention. In other words, eating a healthy diet, including fruit and vegetables, may be one way to reduce some of the symptoms of ADHD. Now, this is provocative because research for the last couple of decades has kind of raised questions about whether diet does or does not have anything to do with ADHD. This is not saying, by the way, that getting diet right will cure ADHD. What it's saying is that it reduces some of the symptoms that we see with ADHD kids, specifically around that inattention side of things. So there's still no clarity, really? Uh, Well, I I think science is one of those things where clarity comes bit by bit, study by study, year by year, decade by decade. Uh, I, I think that if I was to read this as a parent with a child who has ADHD, it would be a reminder that I'm going to give my child the best shot at regulating and inhibiting those responses that are somehow so unhelpful so often uh, if I can help my child to stay off the processed stuff and eat more fruit and vegetables. In other words, the better my child's diet, the more likely it is that they'll be giving themselves the best shot at doing as well as they possibly can. I know over the years we've had lots of conversations with lots of different parents who have recognised that you know certain additives or food colourings have had a huge impact on their children's behaviour. But this study hasn't actually looked at any of that. It's just the acknowledgement that fruit and vegetables support... Healthier development. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. There was nothing in here that I can find in the study that, that's looking at all of the, the processed stuff, the additives and so on. Uh, what we do know, though, is that the studies on fruit and veggie intake and the role of food 
insecurity because food insecurity came up as well and the more insecure kids are around the ability to get food the more likely it is that their adhd symptoms will be exacerbated so kids that are living in poverty basically or kids that don't get access to good healthy safe food they're much more likely to have higher reports of adhd symptoms especially around that inattention so food insecurity it's basically if you don't know that you can get food if you're hungry you're going to get irritated that happens whether you've got adhd or not Uh, it's just that the adhd uh, symptoms are exacerbated in that case. So that's the that's the uh, the study. Like I said, comes from the Ohio State University, and it's a kind of an interesting one. We will link to that in the show notes. Essentially, if you've got kids who are not neurotypical, then it might be worth just having a quick look at their diet, and maybe you might find that the more fruit and veggies they get, the greater the reduction in their ADHD symptoms. Of course, there's many other things that play a role in whether or not your child is going to have exacerbated and amplified symptoms or not, but this is just one part of the one part of the recipe for trying to make things go better. Hmm. Well, setting number two is all about childcare, so let's dig into that. Oh, yeah, this one has the potential to upset some people. I promise you we're not sharing this to be provocative. My job here is to share what the latest research shows. And, and studies into children in childcare have been controversial and provocative for the last several decades. Jay Belsky has probably done the best work on this over the decades, but now he's quite an elderly uh, gentleman, and the the baton has been passed on to some others. So this one comes from the University of Zurich. It was actually published a couple of months ago in March of this year. 1,300 kids from Zurich all going to school. Um, Their teachers, their parents suggest that the more time that kids spend in external daycare the more likely it is that they're going to exhibit problematic behaviour. But the research also showed that by the end of primary school, that problematic behaviour seems to disappear. Now, this is an association, okay? It's not what we say, if you put your kids in childcare, they are going to be problematic. That's that's what we call a causal relationship. And you can only figure that out if you randomly select a bunch of people and stick them into childcare and randomly select another bunch and don't stick them into childcare. We obviously can't do that as an experiment. That we just ethically we can't do it, but also logistically, like families have to live their lives, mm. and so it's what we call correlational, or it's it's looking at the association between these things, and essentially what it showed is that the kids who are in childcare uh, do tend to have some more challenging behaviours throughout their early childhood. It's interesting. In some ways, it just kind of makes sense when you when you have your children in your home and they're not in any kind of, um, you know, external care, you have absolute control over who your children associate with. When you put them into, even once they hit school, once you put them into school, you're actually opening them up to a wide variety of social contexts in one setting. And so I remember when my littlest sister went to daycare and she came home with the F word. Oh really? Like our she's family, three or four. Our family don't. We, we don't. We didn't swear. We don't swear. And she came home, and it was like she was saying, "I want an apple." <laughs> she would just she's use the dropping it just everywhere. The word would come out. <laughs> My mother was horrified, but the reality is, she was now associating with people who had different values, yep. different standards, and different ideology around life in general, and so. All of these things that we often see as bad behaviour are not necessarily bad behaviour, but different values. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what also could happen here is not only are kids being exposed to different ways of behaving, they're also, as they get older, starting to move more and more towards 
what's popular, what's going to bring me social status, how do I fit in, where do I belong. But it's also possible that external childcare could lessen the strength of child-parent attachment and interaction. And some early research, going back to like the 1990s, early 2000s, showed that the more time kids spend in childcare, the greater the risk was that the parent-child attachment could be affected. And that makes sense. Well, there's just less one-on-one time. That, that, that's what I was going to say. Once you're in a, when, once you're in a classroom situation, you've got 20... 20 plus kids to two adults. And it's less time with your grown-ups that matter most, your mum, your dad, your parents, your caregivers, less time with them as well. And, and, and again, this isn't to put guilt on parents at all. It's just to highlight that when we put our kids into childcare, they're, and, and many parents have no choice. I mean, we live in a society now where if you don't have that double income, it's because you've got somebody who's doing very well with a primary income or alternatively, you're going to struggle. Like, it's really challenging. And so the goal is how do we help our children to have the very best attachment relationship with us when they're not in care? How do we manage, how do we uh, amplify the quality of the connection that we experience with them? Because ultimately, the the two things that the researchers behind this study have pointed to are these two issues, one that you raised and one that I raised. That is the attachment relationship being affected. That is the quality of the connection being reduced because parents drop the kids off early, they pick them up late, they're exhausted, they basically give them breakfast and give them dinner and put them to bed and they only really spend time with them on the weekends. That's part of it and the the peer group, the um, the, the challenging behaviour that gets picked up in broader social settings is the other thing. So that's pretty much it. Now, I do want to highlight one other thing with this study, Kylie, and that is that while it sheds some light on some possible unfavourable links between external childcare and the way kids are developing specifically later on as as they age there is no causation here it could be any number of other Mm. things and there's also this issue of the quality of the childcare that the kids are receiving outside the family i was just about to say that i i think about the experiences our kids have had and i would say hands down nine times out of ten they've actually brought home positive yeah behaviors as a result of the places we've chosen to place them in Right, and and the, Australia is very lucky in that we do have a we, we have quite a high standard of childcare generally, mm. especially in comparison to other places around the world. I know that there's still plenty of room for us to move, improve, get things better, but we do pretty well compared with other places around the world. So that's the second study. Oh, and, and I might also throw in just so that people know we're not throwing shade. Uh, all of our kids have gone to childcare. <laughs> we needed the break, so after the break, we're going to talk about one last study about how Instagram affects the way mums feel about themselves. Family life is pretty tough going sometimes. Most days are a struggle between strong-willed children and frazzled parents, but it can be better. The 21 Days to a Happier Family program is designed for busy parents who want a calmer, happier family. And it can be done with evidence-based strategies and practices that really work in 21 days. All resources are available for your family for 21 Days to a Happier Family at happyfamilies.com.au. It's the Happy Families Podcast, the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now, and we have one more study. Yeah, this one is kind of interesting to me. It highlights once again just how challenging it is to navigate the world when social media is involved. We talk all the time about how kids are affected by it, but one thing we don't talk often about is how parents, specifically mums, are affected by it. And a brand new study published in Acta Psychologica explores the impact of parenting-related Instagram accounts on mums. And what the researchers have found is 
quite a mixed experience. So mums will often feel really well supported by a community of fellow parents. They're following this page. They feel like this person gets them. They're keeping it real. They're talking about the ups and the downs and the good and the bad. And, and that's great. But being on Instagram and following all of these parenting accounts has also been shown to make mums feel less competent because they start comparing themselves to others and everyone else seems to be getting it right. And I've even seen this on my Facebook account, right? So a few weeks ago, we had that um, Carrots and Sticks webinar and a bunch of people were sort of saying things like, I wish that I could be as good as everyone else who's on here commenting about how well they do their parenting and how much they manage to not uh, hit everyone with carrots and sticks and all that sort of stuff. So there's that whole sense of, wow, you've all got the answers and I don't. And I'm feeling even less competent because I'm reading all of your comments and you're all telling me how good you are. I don't seem to be able to hold it together at all. It's interesting. Most of us actually have the answers. We could sprout them off to to anyone <laughs> yes, e- every day of the week. Through it. But once we're actually asked to practice it, everything goes out the window because, as you've said multiple times, it's easy principles having to be applied in the hardest moments. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Parenting is actually really easy when it's somebody else's kids. (laughs) (laughs) You know the answers. We had all the answers before kids came along. (laughs) And you can see what your sister-in-law should be doing with her kids and what the (laughs) neighbours should be doing with theirs. But your kids, they're a bit different. We we need special help with them. So... uh, This was research conducted out of the University of Copenhagen, 270 mums with one or more children. uh, And and basically, they were asked how much time on average they spent on Instagram every day during the last week. Then they indicated what sort of accounts they followed. uh, And if they followed Insta parents, like influencers who are posting about their experiences with parenting uh that's where the research really took off they they also looked at other kinds of accounts that could be followed like professional accounts that share information about child development or parenting or even university run instagram accounts that post about child development and basically when they walked through this the the results showed that mums frequently follow accounts that discuss parenting and we know that because we've got a couple of hundred thousand followers on our facebook account and i don't know tens of thousands of followers on our instagram account they spend nearly an hour a day on the platform, nearly an hour a day on Instagram, and about 40.7%, 40% of parents basically said, yeah, this is negatively affecting me. The InstaParent accounts make me feel like uh, I have to be comparing myself to others. I'm not living up to the expectations. I'm being negatively affected by what I'm reading. And and it seemed like the InstaParent profiles had much more of a negative impact on the way mums felt about themselves in terms of feeling like they were incompetent and not feeling the same level of support compared to the more credible accounts from university-run pages or uh, people who actually really know what they're talking about rather than being an Insta-influencer parent. So I haven't had a lot to do with social media since really the beginning. I started, I have an account um, and I usually use it more now just to stay in touch with people via messenger. But part of the reason I stopped using it was because I looked at everybody else's photos and I'm not very technically challenged. And so I don't know how to use all of those filters and things. And so in my own space, in real life, everything looked beautiful to me. But then compared to the photos other people were posting of their things, my photos just didn't do my space or my family justice. Yeah, because you've got to know how to use the lighting and the filters and get it all looking right. Yeah, so in the early days, I actually stopped posting because it was just like, I can't can't compare with that. You know, they were were posting what looked like magazine-worthy photos and my photos were just photos. Yeah. (laughs) But 
obviously, as your profile has increased, I've actually stopped posting for to, to kind of give us a little bit more privacy um, in our, you know, kind of private lives. Yeah, but. yeah I've, I've literally got one <laughs> one image on my Instagram account. Just one photo is all I've ever posted with my Instagram account. I don't even know how to log in anymore. But let's, let's move back to this. So the take-home message from these studies, because we do need to wrap up. Number one, when it comes to ADHD, there are multiple things that are going to exacerbate or lessen the uh, symptoms that our kids are showing. And new research suggests that, uh, contrary to previous research, of course, that more fruit and vegetables may have some impact, especially on the inattentive side of ADHD symptoms. The second thing that we talked about is that childcare, well, the more of it your kids are exposed to, the greater the risk that attachment and challenging behaviours from peers could affect their behaviour. And so we want to make sure that we're really creating secure relationships for our kids if they're in childcare. And the final take-home message is um, social media. Uh, Stay off it. It's not helping you. (laughs) Fair call. I know that my life's better off when I'm not not spending so much time on it. The Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin Rowland from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. All of these links to the Doctor's Desk articles will be found in the show notes of this podcast. And we can't wait for you to join us tomorrow for our I'll Do Better Tomorrow episode of the Happy Families podcast. Happy Families podcast.